Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, good morning. It's great to see you all here this morning. It's great to be together, isn't it? And uh, on our podcast as well. We hope you're blessed as you tune in this morning. So it's my privilege today to continue our series that we've been on for a few weeks now, Living a Life of Faith. And my message today is called Faith in the Test. Faith in the Test. I wonder when the last time was you had to have a test. Maybe it was a blood test, eye test, hearing test. There's so many tests that we go for, aren't they? Maybe it was a test in the workplace. For those at school, they have SAT tests and other sorts of tests. And I was looking at on Google the other day, and I saw that you can even take a popularity test. I actually found that quite scary because I thought, how about if you did really bad in that popularity test? That could be quite, quite bad on the old confidence factor. But there's many tests that we face in life. Some we might be forced to have. Some are just a part of life and we just have to have them. But for me, probably one of the worst tests I've ever had was my driving test. Kate's nodding at me. There's a few nodding at me. I was so nervous. Put your hand up if you just dreaded your driving test. It was a horrible experience. See, people are smiling back at me now. You know what I mean. So you just get so nervous, don't you? So my hands were clammy. I couldn't think properly. I was so nervous, and it was just a disaster the first test. I failed on majors, not minors. Majors for speeding. (laughs) I mean speeding in your driving test. It's just bad. You know, and then the worst was the instructor said, when you're ready, check your mirrors, indicate right and change from the left to the right. I heard him, I thought, right, just do it now, get it over and done with. Put the indicator on. And as I went to move across, I felt the instructor's hand go on the wheel to pull me back to the left lane as I was about to cut someone right up behind me. At that point, I thought, well, it's all over. Just take me back to the centre and tell me I've miserably failed, which I did, on speeding, dangerous driving, nearly cutting somebody up. So... So... Some things don't change. That is terrible. I will tell you the second time I passed. I passed the second time. I prayed to Jesus before that test. Had some chocolate and took some paracetamols just to help calm the nerves. So tests are something we all go through. Can bring a whole host of feelings to the surface in us. But something's for sure we're all going to face tests in our life 
at different times in different shapes. And one of the things about tests is tests expose where you're really at in something. Let's say you go for a hearing test and you have actually got a problem with your hearing. That test will show you and the person taking the test that actually, yeah, there is an issue with your hearing. Tests can get to the heart of where we're really at and they can show us a true picture of what's actually happening in a certain area where we may be tested. And today, my message, Faith in the Test, we're going to look at a character in the Bible who God tested in a dramatic way. It wasn't a little test. It wasn't an everyday test. This was a test of huge proportions. And we're going to find out why God tested him and how the story unravels. So before we jump into our chapter today, I'm going to paint us a little bit of the backdrop of this man and what's happening before we get into our story, because it's really important we see the journey of this person. So we're looking at one of my favourites in the Bible. We're looking at Abraham. And we meet Abraham in Genesis. And in chapter 15... God promises Abraham that he is going to become the father of many nations. In fact, God says, Abraham, look at the stars. That are the amount of descendants that you are going to have. And the heir is going to come from your very own body. All sounds good, but there was one huge problem. Abraham's wife, Sarah, was barren. She was unable to conceive a child. They'd been trying. They'd been doing all the right things. But nothing was happening. She was barren. So Abraham and Sarah decide, we're going to take matters into our own hands. Yes, God's promised, but it's not happening. So we're going to take it into our own hands. So Sarah gives Abraham her maid servant, Hagar. Sarah says, look, here's Hagar, marry her, sleep with her, have a baby with her, and then, and then, we will have that child that God is telling us about. So sure enough, this happens. Abraham marries, sleeps with Hagar, and she conceives a son by the name of Ishmael. Things don't work out. Jealousy creeps in. Bitterness creeps in. Things start going terribly wrong in their home. You see, for Abraham and Sarah, instead of trusting, they started trying. Instead of trusting God, they thought, we're going to try in our own strength. Does that sound familiar to you? At times, rather than you and me trusting God, we think we're going to try it in our own strength instead, rather than trusting in maybe the promise that God has given you. But we see that God is still gracious, he's still living, and in Genesis chapter 17, God speaks again to Abraham and says, 
I'm going to give Sarah a son. And Sarah will be the mother of all nations. And sure enough, we see, fast forward to chapter 21 in Genesis, that a son is born to Sarah. And they call this son Isaac. Isaac is the promise. <gasps> Isaac is the fulfillment. This is what God told us. This is what God promised. This is the way that father, that Abraham is going to be the father of many nations. See, after such a long wait, suddenly Isaac's born. So he's pretty special. He's a pretty special child. There's a lot resting in Isaac. He's the hope of Abraham and Sarah. And this is where we're going to pick up the story this morning. So Isaac has been born. Isaac has grown. And we're going in at Genesis chapter 22. And it's on the screen if you wish to follow. And we're going to start at verse 1. Abraham tested. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. We're going to pause because we just got to let that sink in. We can read this too quick, too glibly, but we need to pause. Hang on a minute. God, you're telling me to take the son of promise who I've been waiting all these years for and you want me to go and you want me to give him to you as a sacrifice. God, I'm sorry, but I can't be hearing you right. You must be getting confused. You must, you must think you're speaking to someone else. Because, God, you've tested me in other ways. I've left the land on you. I've waited for a, a child. And now you're telling me to take him and to kill him. The very thing I've been waiting for. God, you got this wrong. And anyway, what will Sarah say? She'll kill me. God, you've got it wrong. This is, this is too much. Put yourself in Abraham's shoes right now. How would you be feeling? What would your response be back to Almighty God? The very thing that you hold, the most precious God, is asking you to sacrifice and give it to him. What a situation Abraham found himself in. Let's carry on reading. Verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about 
On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. And we'll just continue reading. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And we're just going to pause again for a moment. So God's told Abraham to do this incredible sacrifice. And the very next thing we read is early the next morning, Abraham gets up, gets his stuff, gets his son, gets his servant, and he goes off. He instantly obeyed. There's no record of him going and discussing and deliberating and pausing for several days, weeks, months. God says it. He goes to bed, he gets up, and Abraham goes to do it straight away. See, he travelled for three days. What would he have been thinking for three days? What would you have been thinking for three days? I've got a knife here. I've got the fire here. Here's my son. I, I know where this is going. I know what the end result's going to be. He had three days where I tell you what he could have done. He could have turned right back round and said, there's no way I'm doing this. And he could have ran his little legs as fast as he could all the way back to Sarah and said, Sarah, I've lost the plot. I've gone absolutely mad. But no, what he did is he thought, God said it, I'm obeying. And he took the pursuit of that three-day journey. You see, I've looked into a little bit about Isaac. How old is Isaac? Well, I've researched and commentators have said different things according to what they can pull out of this passage. And they all come to the same conclusion that actually Isaac wasn't a little boy. He wasn't five, he wasn't seven, he wasn't nine. Actually, commentators have said that they actually think Isaac was around the age of 20 or 25. Maybe some of you here are between the age of 20 and 25. He was a full-grown man. Isaac could see the, just the beauty of the young man that he'd grown into. You see... How's Abraham going to explain to Isaac when they get to Mount Moriah? Oh, you know when you asked me about the sacrifice and I said, oh, God will provide the lamb. Well, actually, there's a couple of bits I missed out. It's actually you. You're actually the lamb. How's that conversation going to go? How are you going to start on that? Let's sit down and have a couple of cosy minutes together. Dad and son time. What must have been going on 
in Abraham's mind. Let's continue. Let's read the rest of the passage. So when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him, for I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. You see, Abraham's faith was tested. All along, God's intention was never for Isaac to be killed. But all along, God's intention was simply to test Abraham's faith. Because as we've said, tests expose where you're really at. Tests expose what's really going on in your heart. See, God wanted to see how much Abraham really trusted him. Did Abraham really trust him? Did Abraham really believe that God had said, you are going to become the father of many nations? Or was God only really pulling his leg? You see, Abraham's faith was tested. And at times, you and me, our faith is tested. So what can we learn? What's Abraham showing us? Well, the first thing is faith is tested. It sounds so simple, yet it's so true. See, tests for you and I are unavoidable. We're going to have them. We're going to have tests, whether we go out looking for them or not. We're going to have them. But God will purposefully, like with Abraham, allow tests to come into your life so he can see how strong really is your faith. Where really are you at in your life? See, God wants to test your faith, not to finish you off, not to destroy you, Actually, completely the reverse. God wants to test your faith. Why? To make you stronger. To help you love him more. Why? To help you overcome more. Why? To show you that you are a conqueror. God wants to test you because he wants to bless your life. You see, a test means to prove by trial. And this is exactly what this story shows us, that God tested Abraham by trial. And see, when tests come into your life and my life, tests separate the men from the boys, as it were. Because when days are good and sun is shining 
and everyone likes us and we have all what we need, it's easy to love Jesus. It's easy to say, oh, I'm in, I'm, I'm in, count me in, and yeah. And, but actually, when the days are bad and you're being tested and you can't see how is this going to, what's the end here? How is this situation going to finish? That's the days when the real you comes to the surface. See, on this day, on Mount Moriah, the real Abraham came to the surface. There was nowhere for Abraham to hide. There was no one for him to hide behind. The real Abraham came to the surface. And on days when your faith is tested, the real you comes to the surface. How will you be tested? How will I be tested? Many ways. It may just be small little things. Small little things that test your faith. Small little things that test your integrity. Just small little things. Little things don't count though, do they? Oh yes, they do. It's the little things that your life is built on. You may be tested in bigger ways, more challenging situations. You see, let's break it down. Let's get to the nitty gritty. What really makes up our life? Money. Yep, talking about it, money. You may be tested in your finances. Maybe you're trusting God with your finances that he's going to bring you through. Maybe God's told you, look, I'm going to provide for you. You do what's right. You tithe, you give to me what's due, and you're going to see me do a miracle in your finance. Maybe that's your test today. Maybe that's your test now, that you've got to put your faith to test with your finances. Maybe relationships. Maybe you're caught in a relationship. Maybe you're in a relationship that deep, deep down, you even know you shouldn't be in. You even know it's not a healthy relationship. It's not a relationship that's benefiting you, that's pushing you on in God. Maybe that's your test. Maybe God's asking you to let go of that relationship. Maybe that's your test. How else do we test it? Doing the right thing. Oh, that's a, tr- that's a tough one. Maybe there's things coming at you in the workplace, in your personal life, on the screen of your laptop, on your phone where you're being tested to do the right thing. Should I engage with this particular thing? Should I be thinking about these particular issues? Maybe that's your test. And someone came to me at the end of the service last week and they'd got a bit of an issue with finance and basically they just said to me, Leanne, I want to do the right thing in front of God and I need some help with my finance in a particular area, knowing what the right thing is. And I was able to point them in the right direction to speak to someone that could help them. And I thought, that person's going to be blessed. Why? Because their heart was like, this is a test. I could do it the sneaky way, or I could do it the right way. But they wanted to do the right thing. See, tests come to us in so many ways. And there's two ways that you can respond when your faith is tested. There's only two ways. You can either be like Abraham. He took a three-day journey to Mount Moriah. You either journey your test with God, you trust him, 
you walk it, you let him take you through it, you come out the other end of it, or you can bail. You can quit. You can do a Jonah. You can run in the opposite direction as quick as you can. That's the only two ways that you can respond when a test comes. You can either say, God, I'm trusting you. Come on, I'm going to walk it. Let's get the walking boots on. Let's walk through this one. Or you can get your trainers on and you can run as fast as you possibly can. But tests are coming. Maybe you're in one right now. Maybe you're not. But if you're not, sorry to say, there's one on its way. Might be next week, might be next month, might be next year. Your faith will be tested. And the second thing is that we see from Abraham, faith trusts. You see, Abraham trusted God through the test. What did Abraham really think was going to happen at the end of this story? We don't know. But he may have been thinking a few things. Did Abraham think, God's, he's not going to make me do it. He is going to stop me right at the last minute. Did Abraham think, actually, I am going to have to kill my son? It was pretty, it was pretty pert, it was pretty intent. He'd got the knife and the fire already, so he wasn't playing around with God. Did he think, God's going to make me kill him, but he's going to bring him back to dead, from the dead. That's what's going to happen. He's going to raise him up. We don't know. We can only speculate on how Abraham thought this was all going to end. But what we did do know is that Abraham trusted God. Maybe you thought, Isaac, he's going to floor me. When he knows what's doing, he's going to wrestle me to the ground and he'll run away. So I won't even have to touch him. Maybe he thought that was going to be the end of the story. But however he was thinking, we do know that his faith trusted in his God. And you see, faith doesn't always make sense. That is tough for those of us that are logical, planners, like to know what's happening. That's hard because I'll put myself in that category. Faith doesn't always make sense. This story did not make sense. You want me to kill the promise? Didn't make sense. Faith may only show you one step at a time. Another difficult one. I don't like that either. I like 10 steps ahead, God. 10 steps lit up, marked with highlighters. No. Faith may only show you one step, the next step. And then you take that and then you have to wait for the next step. You see, but faith trusts. How does faith trust? Three things. Faith obeys. The very next day, early in the morning, Abraham went. Number one, faith trusts by obeying. What's your obedience step? What's God asking you to do? How do you need to obey? Faith trusts by vocalizing the language of faith. Isaac said, Dad, where's 
where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, the Lord will provide the lamb. Even in this dire situation, how was Abraham speaking? What was the sound coming out of his mouth? It was faith. It was faith. Don't worry, son. God's going to provide the lamb for us. See, faith trusts by vocalizing the language of faith. And friends, over your life and my life, you've got to speak faith. And faith trusts by moving. Faith doesn't stand still. Faith gets going. So what tests are you going through where you need to allow your faith to rise up? What are you believing for? What looks barren at the moment? See, faith, faith's the password. Faith's the password of unlocking. Faith will get you through. Faith will unlock the situations that you're praying for and the people that you want to see God move in. And finally, testing to bless him. In verses 15 to 18, read it when you get home. God says to Abraham, because... You've trusted me. I'm now going to give you more than what you ever think. I'm going to blow your mind. Your descendants, the blessings that are going to come out of your life are just going to blow you away. See, God took Abraham from testing to blessing. And you see, God wants to test you and he wants to test me because he wants to take us from a place of testing to blessing. We love the blessing, we don't love the testing. But the truth is, you've got to go through the testing so you can get to the blessing. There's no shortcuts with God. You go from the testing to get to the blessing. I wonder how God wants to bless your life. I wonder what he's got for you. But there might be some tests that you're in right now, or some tests that you're going to be in next month, where God's like, you stand strong you trust me, and you will be amazed at the blessing that I'm going to pour in your life. And next week, Dave's been talking about it already. We're getting ready for our vision offering. And we're encouraging you to go home, to think, to pray, to talk to your family unit, if appropriate, about what God is asking you to give. You see, does God need your money and my money to work a miracle? to give us a bigger space, to help us have a bigger venue. No, he doesn't. He doesn't need our money. I'll tell you why. Next Sunday, someone could walk him through those doors with a set of keys saying, there's a building down the road. You can have it. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need my money. And the test, the step of faith that we are giving in pledging £7,000. But I'll tell you what he does need from you and what he does need from me. He needs your faith. He needs your faith. He needs my faith. He doesn't need your money. He needs your faith. So why bother with money? I'll tell you why we bother. Because as you give your money next week, as we give our money next week, do you know what we release out of us? You got it. What do we release? We release faith. We release faith. As we give our money next week, we're saying, God, I believe that you've got something even greater for this church. I believe you've got something even better than what we conceive or imagine. Because as we give of our money, we're taking that step of faith. And suddenly, 
faith is releasing. Steve's faith is being released. And that's being uh, alongside Blessing's faith. And then Pete's faith comes on top of that. And then Suzanne says, here's some of my faith as well. And suddenly, friends, can you imagine what it would be like if every person here released their faith? As they gave, they released their faith. Friends, we have no idea what sort of miracle we could see. Because God wants you to release your faith. God wants to take you from testing to blessing. And I'm coming into land right now. But I'm going to finish with where we've been in our series. And that's Hebrews 11, the great passage of faith. And here we read, by faith, Abraham, verse 8. Verse 9, by faith, he dwelt. Verse 11, by faith, Sarah, by faith. By faith. And in that whole chapter, we've got by faith, Abel. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Enoch. By faith, by faith. All of these heroes of the faith, by faith, they took their step for God. You see, by faith, what's God asking you to do? By faith. What's your next step of obedience? By faith, how is God wanting to take you from testing to blessing? By faith. Friends, f- faith is the password. Faith is the only way we can do this thing called Christianity. By faith, God wants to allow your faith to rise up in you. Here, every single day of your life, whether you're at work, at home, in the shops, by faith, come on, by faith, by faith, in Aldi, by faith, God puts someone on your heart, in your office, by faith, I need to go buy that person a cup of coffee. By faith, there's a ministry in my heart I need to speak to Dave and Leanne about. By faith, I'm fed up on my friend's bad knee. I'm going to pray for it and see healing. By faith, I'm going to give this amount of money into the vision offering. I'm not sure how and when I'm going to pay for it, but by faith, that's what the Spirit of God's calling me to do. By faith. Who wants the story, friends? Come on, let's stand up. Let's stand up together. I want to speak a blessing over us. And I want to ask this morning, if you're here and you're saying, by faith, by faith, that's how I want to live. I'm going to encourage you, put your hands out in front of you. And as I pray, just receive that God is going to enable you to live by faith. He's got a story for you. He's got a book to write out of your life. If only you choose to live by faith. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.